0: email drjaclyn at usaglobaltv.com
1: to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a celebration here at USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network, where we celebrate Elevated Listening. This show is all about the amazing adventures of Lady Ella, the Listening Mentor. This is the first of seven books in a series dedicated to helping children and their families learn to listen at an elevated level. With all the things that I've done in terms of education and certifications, I've never been taught how to listen at an elevated level. I want you to imagine a world where we learn how to listen without judgment, without interruption, without providing a solution, and without stealing the stage from someone else. Can you imagine how you would feel that sense of inner peace and safe that you were able to share your story and somebody was actually listening? Today I am joined by an incredible panel of people who are certified elevated listeners and they have decided to take this journey with me to help people understand the importance of elevated listening. We're going to be talking with them about why they decided to be part of this project and we're also going to be looking at the characters that represent them in this first of 7 books. The book is on sale now on Amazon and we are working hard to get to that number one bestseller status we were able to achieve number one new release we would love it if you went over and bought one of the ebooks or the paperback books right now while you're watching the show that would be fabulous joining me to celebrate is my co-host mr red o'Laughlin if you don't know him please do reach out to him he is a phenomenal person of the highest integrity we work together for this is the third book. We're already on to the fourth and fifth, and he puts up with me. That's <laughs> all of my craziness. He's also an award-winning author himself. He's a TV and radio show host here. He's one of our expert presenters, and he also is going to be with me for our new series, which is Food and Our Emotions, and he's going to be running his own health panel. I don't know how he's doing anything else. Let's bring him out. <laughs> Hello, Red. How are Hello. you?
1: Excellent as always, Dr. Jacqueline.
2: So good to see you. Thank you for being here. I'm just laughing because I don't know how you get anything else done when you're here doing all the <laughs> things you're doing. How does that work, Red?
1: If you don't write it down, it doesn't happen, I guarantee you. Even when you write it down, sometimes it doesn't happen. But uh, I get to a point where it's really and truly, whether it's electronically written on a piece of paper, I do use both and then my wife has a backup on the really important items that's in her calendar that she keeps that are items that she needs to know about plus things that we're both involved in. And so it's just a lot of backup stuff in order to say, oh, I wish I remembered that we were supposed to do that last night, It it's, it's hard on a good day.
2: Well, I would say that all of that military experience that you have has stayed with you. And I wanted to share something with the audience. I didn't ask you if this was okay, so I'm hoping that it is, but it just goes to show The character that you have, the type of person that you are, you were doing a book signing and I reached out to you because when we were uh, having everything on KDP Amazon, there were a couple of things I found in the manuscript that were missing and you on your own, without me asking, you packed up your table of books, you and your wife left and drove home so that you could take care of it. I mean, who does this kind of thing?
1: Well, you failed to mention there was less than two hours left before you would be locked out of being (laughs) able to make a change. And that was probably the determining factor. The fact I got two hours left, I actually have less than two hours left. And if it doesn't get in, it's going to go out wrong. And that's not the way we do business. So you have to make sure it was, and yes, I was selling some books and yes, my wife was with me. And yes, we were at a store about 30, 40 minutes away from where I lived. And, um, just, you know, walk back in. In fact, there was so much noise in the store. I had to walk outside to talk to you. And when I found out what was going on, I asked some questions. We kind of, okay, I understand what's going on. I said, let me check with the powers of be. So I told my wife what was happening. I told the store manager what was happening. And so we packed up and came home and connected as quick as we could and got the, the, the fixes. And they weren't substantial big, but they were something that the that was necessary and they they weren't you know a whole lot of moving around but it's just those last minute things sometimes that oh, i wish i caught that earlier and i can live with it but i don't want to we know about it we got time let's fix it well we fixed it that's all it is
2: yes it, it, it is but a lot of other people might not have done that so i celebrate you and i thank you for doing that it's fantastic no. Red, you're also in the book, and we're going to hear more about your Red Ibis. Uh, I want to bring out our panel. I feel bad they're backstage. We also have uh, a co-author. My co-author on this project is Mariska Dupree. She's in New Zealand, and she's not able to join us today because she's sleeping. We don't want people getting up in the middle of the night just to do this. So we will take a look at the video that she shared. In the meantime, I want to bring up our panel. Uh, Our panelists are all elevated listeners who decided on their own to be part of this journey, to be in this project for this very first book. And as you know, the first book is so important because it really sets the tone for a series. So on this book covers, you will see there are animals and these animals are represented by human beings who are actually here today. So let's bring them out and then we're going to hear about their story and the work that they're doing. Starring as Tara, the White Owl, we have Caroline Heward. Hello, Caroline. Nice to see you. Wonderful to be here on this wonderful, auspicious occasion. It is a monumentous occasion. Also joining us, which is monumental, is my sister, Debbie Wilson. She is Belle the Cow. Welcome,
0: Debbie. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me.
2: So good to have you here. And let's welcome from Sicaliza, the white lioness, we have Janetta Barry. Hello, Janetta. Hi, everybody. So good to see you. Her second show today. And also, Zell the Gazelle is Diane Floyd Bame, her second show today. Welcome.
3: Hi, everybody. Congratulations, Dr. Jacqueline.
2: Thank you so much and congratulations to each of you because without your help, without your involvement, we couldn't have made this happen. I feel like we're on Hollywood squares. Does anyone know that? <laughs> <here>? Yes. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, my dad
1: yeah. won a free trip to Hawaii on Hollywood squares.
2: Wow. 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 that. That's pretty cool. He
3: must I mean,
1: be smart. <laughs> well, he missed a, a simple rock and roll issue. Uh, Grateful Dead he didn't know the answer to that one but regardless he still won enough to be on uh, to gain and he was living in California at the time then he moved to Florida and so he had to call him up and say hey I'm moving in Florida is that going to be a problem getting all the way to Hawaii they said no not a problem at all and wow. so
2: there you have it it really does happen <laughs> All right, I want to share the video that Mariska sent in, and I want to give a little bit of background, and then we'll go around to our panel. Mariska Dupree is someone whom I met when I enrolled in getting a certification as a life coach. And she actually was in the same program. And I want to say this was in 2019. And so we were paired together to actually do role plays of coach and client. And we just hit it off. And so we continued doing coaching. She was coaching me outside of the class. I was going through a lot of health issues at the time. And so she actually helped me come up with my plan to leave my corporate job. So we worked together for nine months and put together a plan of how I could retire from corporate and do full-time life coaching, which of course didn't, um, didn't pan out initially, and I still do coaching, but it's not the primary thing that I do, but she was really instrumental in helping me get the courage to put together a plan and step out of my comfort zone and retire. So let's take a look at this. Mariska is a leadership and transformation coach, and let's hear what she has to say about why she's involved in this project.
4: Hello, and thank you for joining us on this very, very special day. I'm Mariska Dupria and co-author of The Amazing Adventures of Lady Ella. And I'm so happy about our first book. It is so exciting to be sharing it both with the USA global TV and radio community, as well as all our wonderful elevated listeners, that's part and partial of this book. So, without you guys, we would not have been able to do all of this. When we started out, it was a little bit of an unknown, and approaching Dr. Jacqueline, with the idea of co-authoring a children's book with her on listening, grew into this epic adventure. Now, for those of you that don't know Dr. Jacqueline, she is an amazing woman, and we are definitely going to enjoy the ride. This is but the start. So, on why it is important for me to be part of this project other than really enjoying stories is that in my work that I do, I find that the more we can listen and the more we listen really to understand each other, the easier communication becomes, the easier it becomes for us to really lead from a place of authenticity and to elevate the way that we lead. So it's really important. And hey, if we can learn this skill, because it is a skill to learn, if we can learn the skill from an early age, we set our children up for success. So understanding that, I want to contribute to our future generations much like everybody else that has contributed to this project and that is still going to contribute to the future projects because, as I mentioned, this is book number one and there is a few more to come. So, if you haven't already, please go to Amazon, right? If you don't know where it is, I am sure Dr Jacqueline will direct you to the right spot and get your book if not for you definitely for the young ones in your vicinity because we all could listen a little bit better until next time bye you know i
2: have to say when I've watched the progress of our team in terms of broadcasting, when I, Mariska first started to <laughs> that, unbelievable, amazing. So thank you again for being here as part of this journey. I want to get right into talking with each of you about what it means to you to listen at an elevated level and how listening skills are important in the work that you do or maybe in your personal life. So I'm going to start with Caroline because she's the lead in this book, uh, Tara, the White Owl. Caroline, why did you get involved with this project and how
5: do you use listening skills in your work? I, was in, I got involved in this project primarily because listening is really, really important to everything that I do with my work, with my clients, myself, and it's been my own personal journey in learning more about myself to help heal the stress, anxiety and depression that I suffered with for many years. Um, and the reason that I got involved in this particular project was because I was already Uh, with you uh, on the Listening Mentor show every Friday and feeling that I wanted to extend that contribution uh, further. And so the book seemed like an ideal opportunity. And I really, really am so appreciative of you inviting me and asking me to be the lead because I didn't actually think about being the lead until you asked me. So thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. This has been an incredible journey because it made me Work through the character that I wanted to portray. And White Tara the Owl is, it means wisdom. It's uh, all about um, uh, working and creating a peaceful environment. And um, playing, you know, my whole thing is about creating world peace. And we do that by moving people from the thinking, conversational mind into the heart. And into the sensory so then you move into a place of inner peace and that's how we create world peace and so uh, White Tara is all about healing uh, self-nourishment and that healing and self-nourishment spreads across the world and White Tara is all about listening compassionately it is the mother of all animals to create world peace It's really important to me because the work that I do is to help others reconnect back to their heart, moving out of the stress, the trauma, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, or behavioral, so they create an inner peace. And that's one of the reasons why I do everything that I can in whatever way that I can to help people. And that's one of the reasons why I'm very pleased almost elated to be on Dr. Jacqueline's channel, USA Global TV and Radio. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Caroline. We do have some great conversations on Friday on the Listening Mentor Show. Whatever question I throw at her without any preparation, she is right on it. So, So thank you very much. Uh, We do have a link here where you can actually go and purchase book one and book two on Amazon. There's the link right there. So we really appreciate it. Any support that you provide. All right. Moving on to this is so cool. My sister who's here and she's Belle the Cow. She's also uh, an entrepreneur. And I have to say she's my biggest cheerleader. Debbie Wilson, Bell the Cow, tell us why you got involved, which I'm laughing why you got involved with the project and how you use listening skills in your work. And, and I'm sure you ask your sister to be involved in a project, she's going to say yes, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, first and foremost, thank you for having me here. And yes, as your sister, it is with uh, great pride and joy that I participate in this, not only as a participant in the book, but also as an elevated listener, because I think it's very important that we all get to a level where we are always trying to elevate ourselves. We may be at a certain level today, but there's always more that we can learn, always more that we can grow and advance. So working on those listening skills is always something that I believe to be very important. And um, in this case, very particularly. It's dedicated to my granddaughter, Ella, so very personal for me as well, not only as your sister, but also as Nana, as I am called, to to Ella, excuse me. And to be Belle in this book, uh, I remember when you asked me, you said, well, what would you like to be? And immediately I heard a cow. And I thought about that and cow as in a mothering energy, someone who is a good listener, someone who is there spreading love and kindness and joy. And so that's how I see Belle. And also, as we were discussing her, who would she be? How would she interact? And I saw the bell around her neck, and also with the word wisdom that she was imparting wisdom and that she would be that person to listen and to be there to support others on their journey. And in this book in particular, as she is inside the barn and has basically been locked inside and trying to find her way out. And all of her fellow farm animals and jungle animals are there to assist her in trying to figure out what is going on and where who is inside, what is that sound, and using their listening skills. And I think it's so important as children that they learn listening skills. I don't believe it's something as a parent, and I'm the mother of three, um, that we really teach our children that skill. And so I think it's fantastic and just so important that this is an opportunity for parents to read this book to their younger children and help them to understand the listening skills that are needed. And to how actually to listen, because it is a constant process of growth and expansion, as I said earlier. So what we learn as children, we build on and it continues to grow throughout um, time. And so I think this is an incredible project. So it was such a gift and a blessing to be a part of it and to um, watch the journey for you as it developed throughout the course of the book. Um, and so I think that's just really important. For me personally, I think that in my business, uh, as you said, I'm an entrepreneur and I have multi aspects to my business. But uh, one of the main functions is I do what are called soul purpose readings. And that I assist people in understanding what is their purpose? Why did we incarnate in this lifetime? And what is our, our main purpose? And it's based off of the name that you have, that you came into this lifetime with, excuse me. So basically you have to be able to listen because I'm doing the reading, but at the same time, I'm listening to higher guidance. And I'm also listening to the spaces in between the words of the things that are said that are not said and using um, my empathic skills to kind of read some of that information to listen, to spread additional information about what you need to hear as a client and how I can be supportive in that. And a lot of times it's the things that are not said that are the important things that someone needs to learn or hear. So it's my listening skills, my paying attention to what is being said and not said that I'm able to share. So Being part of this program has helped me elevate my skills to be able to be successful in my business. And so for that, I'm very grateful for you to have taken on this journey of assisting so many people to elevate their listening skills, myself being one. And as I said, it's a continuous journey and I look forward to getting better each and every day. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me here. And congratulations on this incredible accomplishment. I know there will be so many more for you. And it is such a gift and a blessing to be able to support you in this process.
2: Woo! Thank you, thank you so much. And thank you for bringing up about Lady Ella. Uh, it was so cool because I was actually able to read the manuscript to my sister debbie and also to kim and tyler wilson who are the parents of ella and ella was there too so she was there as as i read the book and that's when i called red and said we have a couple things we have to change so they got the first reading which was really really nice so thank you again deb for being here Let's go over to Diane floyd Bain. Diane, you have so many books that you've written. You have so many projects that you're working on. Why did you get involved when you clearly, you have your own work that you're doing and writing? And how does listening impact the work that you do? Uh-oh,
3: you're on mute. <laughs> uh, I've wanted to make sure I didn't bother anybody when they were on. Um, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be with so many incredible um, people in your book on this journey. And how I got involved, one is I get to be with you. And that's a blessing in itself. Listening is extremely important to me in my um you know, I always say we have chapters in life. And so, and one chapter in life was an educator. Another chapter, which is continuing on, thank the Lord, is uh, being a mom. And uh, listening is extremely important. In, in the classroom in elementary and preschool, you uh, really begin teaching listening skills to the students. And um, I personally would also try to communicate how that transfers into listening in the home life and would share that with my parents as well in open houses or in private parent conferences. So listening has a huge impact in that particular skill in the work that um, I did in the classroom and I continue to do in motherhood. And now as a writer, I um love being in schools. Now that COVID's over, I get to go back into schools as an invited author and um, listening to the students and sharing with them. um, I'll ask them questions and uh, hear what their imagination is and hopefully inspire them. So I need to be even a stronger listener. Because sometimes they will give ideas and my brain will start thinking about where I can take them. But I need to be very, very focused. And uh, Dr. Jacqueline, your uh, listening courses help people to be extremely focused and to think about things. And I can't say enough about how incredible your courses are. I picked the gazelle because, A, they're so, so graceful and they're so beautiful. And I also learned that um, they're one of the strongest listener listening animals in the um, animal kingdom. And so I thought, well, we have to have a gazelle in this book. So I thought, we have to have a really strong listener. And so that's how we ended up with uh, Zella, the gazelle, and um, I'm very proud of her. And your cover to your book is magical, absolutely magical. I just see it coming to life. So I hope it's a game one day. (laughs) Just want to throw that out because you have nothing else to think about, Dr. Jacqueline. (laughs) Anyway, that's how everything came to be. And um, thank you for having me. Thank you Diane. Thank you so much. I have to say Diane
2: has the best ideas. She she gives me I, I wish I had like 10 of me because she's always, Did you think of this is like you know what that's a great idea. I'm writing that down game. Game. An app, listening app, right? Yes, listening app. I need a team of people. Yeah. Thank you so much. Janetta Barry. Janetta, you are a world away over there in Africa. And I really appreciate how whatever time it is that this show is on for the various shows that we do, you're like, yeah, it's midnight. Okay, I'll be there. I just got married and I'm trying to explain to my husband why I'm doing a show at 11 o'clock at night. But yeah, I'll be there. So... (laughs) thank you for your loyalty. And tell us, you picked the name Sikaliza and you picked the White Lioness. Why did you choose those? And how do you use listening skills with the Epiphany process and World Jenny's Day?
6: Oh, thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. I mean, just being part of all of this just fits in like a glove with all the work that I do. Uh, And I chose to be part of this because I'm known as the communicator with the work, with my work and uh one of my passions is to get the skills and techniques that i impart to people to help them to to accurately communicate so that they're not communicating from fear and judgment that they're communicating from open-hearted understanding and acceptance and grace and it's a skill and there's, there's a series of of questions that the earlier the children are that start using them the the more skillful they become and of course part of that is in being in a place of grace and acceptance you listen more than you speak and uh, and that's really where communication comes in so why did i choose A white lioness. Well, of course, my hair and my blue eyes. So I chose uh, what's known as a leucistic albino. And leucistic albinos don't have pink eyes. They retain their, their eye color. And although they look white, essentially, when you go up close, they still have some of their vague markings there, rather like a watermark. And, uh, so they're, they're, they're very uniquely different. So I chose, obviously, because of my coloring. And I decided, obviously, because I'm from Africa and, and the lion, the lion is, is, um, such an integral part of, of the pecking order in, in the jungle, um, in terms of imparting wisdom, if you want to go into a children's, um, book. And Sikhaliza is Swahili, which means I listen in peace Swahili. So that is why this is, so, this is such an o- heart-opening event for me, as I see more and more we reach children at a younger age so that they respond and they process from a place of open-hearted understanding rather than fear and judgment.
2: Thank you so much, Janetta. And thanks for putting up with me twice today. Same thing with Diane. (laughs) Same yeah, Thanks for putting up with me. And <laughs> uh, Now we're going to move over to Red, who is not only a character in the book, but he's also my book coach and editor. And why he continues to put up with me, I don't know. But Red, tell us why you picked the Red Ibis and why listening skills are important with you and the work you do as a, a longevity strategist, a toastmaster, and also an award-winning author.
1: Well, thank you very much dr jacqueline but first off on the why is i think uh, carolyn mentioned it earlier you asked and when you ask you, know, you make a decision and i thought it was a marvelous thing a absolutely marvelous thing to do is to get involved in this project i had gone through several of your listening programs and i'll talk about that in a minute but let me address the the red part of it you know as in uh you know my red hair i had to have something that was red and with that you know you look at what what animals out there are red well there's not too many animals there's a lot of birds and i had well first thought it was a cardinal but everybody's seen a cardinal and then you got a scarlet tanager and i said well let me do something different there's a red-footed booby uh just like there's green-footed boobies and blue-footed boobies but that's probably not what we really need in the children's uh, book and so i said well i know there's a red ibis uh, i've seen pictures of them i'm uh, and I kind of like the flamingo anyway, but flamingos are not quite red. They're more of a, a, a tangerine and orange uh, and red mixed in. So I thought the red ibis might be something a little bit unique. And again, introducing children to things that they may not be aware of. Uh, and that's, that's primarily why I chose the red ibis, is it just the uniqueness of it. Why did I get involved in the project? Well, as your book coach, as your publisher, just a, a natural thing to do. I mean, you and Mariska wrote the book. I mean, I had very, very little to do. I got there at the very end as opposed to uh, a couple of the other books that we've been involved in where they where the interplace, inter, interface with each individual chapter and person, whatever, was a lot more involved. You know, when you're dealing with uh, half a dozen sentences on a page, it's, there's not a whole lot we can do. We tweak them a little bit. Is this right verb? Is this something that an eight-year-old would understand and we we kind of have these conversations back and forth. So it's not only looking at it from the perspective of what's written down, but what but people understand. So now we're back to the to the hearing part. What do you hear? Is this the best word that we could possibly use for that kind of thing? And if so, uh that that's why we went with that kind of um uh, verb or word or whatever because we did change a few of them around to make them more acceptable for what we we're trying to get through the point but when children learn something that's uh, from their parents or their teachers or you know friends it's usually a dictate shout out you know uh, be quiet uh okay now and we don't we're never taught why and one of the things that i do in my business i research the human body at the cellular level chemically speaking i look for cause and effect relationships If you treat a cause, you fix a problem. If you treat a symptom, you'll always treat it. I want to know why something works. So if I add more of this and it stops it from happening, great. If I want it to go more, you know, well, what do I have to do to make more of it? Well, okay, fine. So I understand the why part. And so when I started taking the listening courses, all of a sudden the why became manifested. It's not something we are taught, but it's something that we understand as soon as we hear it. I have certain problems listening and taking the course. Okay. I I can see the situation that I'm in and this is kind of neat, but for somebody who's an older generation, uh, I can still improve upon it and use it in my everyday life. But to teach that to a four or five or six year old who has the rest of their life to go and to have them interface with other people who have the same knowledge, that same wisdom with regard to why, they don't preform a judgment, why they don't uh, interrupt what th- those kinds of things that are taught in the elevated listening series by Dr. Jacqueline. Those are the things that we're learning. And this first book is one of those. This book is actually released today. First time it was the number one new release yesterday. And the second book that's coming out, I believe is going to be it's on pre-order right now and be released in January. But these are, are things that, that are going to help people for for years and years and years and years to come. You know, the books i write help people but more than likely it's middle age uh, boomer baby boomer generation because they're the people who are most interested at that point in time you know you know my parents went through this i don't want to go through that and so they're starting to say well what can i do so i'm answering that question from a a a generation or two past where this book is really going to be outstanding and helping people so from many, many different perspectives of being able to be unique, to introduce new things to people, and to be part of a project. This is a seven-book project and you know, in at the ground floor. Uh, it just seemed like an opportunity that I absolutely could not refuse. I just could not do it. So I appreciate it very much, Dr. Jacqueline, and appreciate all the, the rest of the opportunities you give me on the USA Global TV and Radio Network.
2: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure working with you, Red, always. Absolutely. So we've talked about the importance of listening and why each of you are involved in the project. And I'd love just to go around and have a personal share, whether you have children or grandchildren, or you are somebody who is supportive of children. How is it that children can take these skills? I I shared them with you, learning to listen without interruption, Learning to listen without judgment, learning to listen without providing a solution, and learning to listen without stealing the stage, which is where you're speaking and then the person listening hears one word that you said, and they're like, oh, I was on vacation. Let me tell you about my vacation, and you're left with nothing. How can children at an early age, when we're talking about what seemingly are grown-up things, how can children benefit from learning not to fall into these traps? Anybody want to share an idea?
5: Yes, I would. Um, Children are like sponges, and the younger you are, the more that you'll take on quickly. In fact, you can learn so much so quickly and take on new behaviours very easily. It's much harder when you're an adult because you've already learned a lot of things behaviourally, and then you have to undo them. So as children, if they learn to listen at an elevated level, without really working at it, it will be absolutely incredible. We'll have incredible adults, managers, and leaders of tomorrow. Good point, Caroline, thank you. Debbie? Um, uh, On what Caroline said,
0: children learn as we know, if children are exposed to foreign languages at a young age, they can learn foreign languages more readily than we can as adults. So this would be another example of what we expose our children to and the things that we teach them at an early age. It allows them to not start the habits to begin with. The the habits that we're trying to correct, they would not know those habits because they would not have internalized these things. And if we taught them at a young age how to listen appropriately and effectively and how to not make conversations about themselves and to not judge what they're hearing and to not have to step in and find a solution for someone i think that those are great skills that our children and future generations all benefit from and as a grandmother and a mother of three is important. I wish I had known these things early on when I had my children at a young age that I could have taught them this information. Now I can use it with Ella and any future grandchildren and I think it's a wonderful skill set. I think it's very important.
2: Brilliant. Thank you so much. And I wish we had the picture to bring up of Ella, but the book didn't come today. Supposedly it's going to be here by 10, and it wasn't shipped yet. I'm interested to see how that happens. Um, I want to hear from from the rest of you. I want to say hello to Maria Eduardo joining us. She is one of our team members, and it's nice to have you. She's an elevated listener. Okay, fantastic. Anybody else want to add anything about the value? Red, please.
1: I think our kids, I'm We have uh, two kids and three grandkids. I think our kids tend to emulate us, whether it's good or bad. Uh, You know, they they see us do something. They see it's a habit. They assume that that's the way to do things. And if we're constantly interrupting other people or talking over them or whatever that that habit, good or bad, is, that's one of those things they do. And, you know, you say, well, she's her father's daughter or whatever. And that's very true in, in my particular case. Um, you know, from my military background, I have a a voice when I need to get a large group of people's attention. Uh, So my daughter has what she calls her sergeant's voice. She's a deputy sheriff. And when she was working in the prison, one of the buildings she was in, she was the operations manager set in the middle. And one of the holes went down a quarter mile to the right, and a quarter mile to the left. And then all the, the jail cells were there. And she could literally talk to somebody at the far end of that building. Now, obviously, there was a a corridor with a sound travel. But uh, but every so often she has a situation where she gets involved and she says, Dad, I had to use my sergeant's voice today. Well, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know, it's one of those things regardless of good or bad, it's it's the habit that she has. But I think she, she and I both realize that there's certain times that you use it. And most of the time we don't. But with the listening, I mean, as a Toastmaster, we're taught how to talk do a lot of different things with our speech. But we're rarely taught how to listen now as a judge in toastmasters you're listening all the time but it's not one of the skills they teach us to how do you listen to that person but if we're taking that same concept of evaluating a speaker we still have our inner biases as to well i would do it differently but in the case of our listening there is maybe a difference but i think it's you have respect and you're respecting that person, whether that person is three levels below you or three levels above you in business. Uh, it's a grandparent. Uh, it's a child. There are certain levels of respect that we we give to people. And with the elevated listening, we are aware. And awareness is, I think, the first step in education. We we become aware. Yeah, I kind of do that, and I shouldn't. And you get in that situation the next time. I, yeah, okay, kind of back off a little bit. I I don't want to interrupt. I obviously prejudge things, but I don't have to. I it's okay, I already know my position, but let me listen to what they have. Maybe there's something different. So I think there's a lot of things there. If our kids saw us doing these and we explain to them why we're doing them, I think that is a major gain for, for the kids everywhere around because they're going to teach other kids the same thing.
2: Brilliant. Thank you, Red. And thank you, Maria. She's also a Toastmaster. Fantastic. Diane floyd Bay, my dear, anything you'd like to
3: add on this point? But you're on mute. (laughs) Yay for mute. (laughs) I'm sure my brothers when I was little would have loved to have had a mute button for me. (laughs) So um, as I was listening to everyone who made you made all my fantastic points, it reminded me of A, when you grow up in a large family um, you always are trying to be heard. And so I ended up being the kid in the classroom that was the person like, oh, that gave me an idea. My hand's always popping up. My husband was just the opposite. He would listen to everyone. And he's still that way today as an attorney. He listens, 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 listens. And then after everyone's finished, then he puts in... um, and add so much value to what they're doing. And so I think that one of the best skills is to listen and really listen hard to what people are saying so that when it is time for you to speak, you are adding value to what everyone else has already enlightened us with. And uh, Dr. Jacqueline, what you're doing is, there really are not enough workbooks in schools Um, We have comprehension books. We have what we call listening skills books, but not to the level that we learn to help the children transfer what they're learning into, into their actual life when they get home. And that's something that I totally totally believe in so that even if you were teaching mathematics, arithmetic, you you said, okay, now let's put it in a real world situation so that they understand why they need to know that particular uh, problem solving in mathematics and listening skills is just the same way. Take it into your everyday life, not just to pass a test. So that's my two cents worth. Great points, Diane. And you had mentioned the workbook before, and
2: Red and I are on it. That's on the list. Of the workbook, <laughs> along with a bath book. I want to get a book that you can read in the bathtub. That will be kind of cool. So it. thank you for sharing that. Janetta, something you'd like to say? Yeah. <clears throat> I've observed working with children with my work
6: that so often they're wanting to speak and, and be heard to endorse that they're doing things right and that they're okay and uh that they're liked and loved and accepted so a lot of the time these children are going me choose me I, 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 you know i can do it i'm really i'm amazing them because there's a feeling within them with a lot of them that if they can verbalize what they're doing they'll be told you're doing a good job it really wonderful that's a wonderful story or that's a wonderful this or a wonderful that so for me it's about being able to give them the skills where they can start accepting themselves for who they are and loving all the the messiness all the parts of themselves where they can endorse themselves and not have to have external endorsement all the time to feel all right when that happens then they can start listening differently and when they start listening differently and hearing other people speak they suddenly realize that they've got more in common with everybody around them than they realize because they're so they're not so busy talking about what they can or can't do And that is where their listening skills really go. There's no looking back.
2: Jeanette, I really appreciate those comments. And I want to take it a little bit further and have the panel weigh in. Uh, And Maria Eduardo, who is watching, she actually participated when I brought up this topic on another show. So when we think about being heard and we think about self-esteem as children, at some point, As a child, I remember feeling really good about myself. And then at some point, I didn't feel good about myself because somebody told me, You're no good at that. You can't do that, et cetera, et cetera. So, what I'd like us to have a chat about, especially the parents here, uh, and Caroline, that leaves you and I out, but we we can still weigh in on it, is do we need to give trophies and awards? to have a child feel that they have value and they've been listened to. When I was growing up, it was do this, get that. So Debbie, you know, we had something on the refrigerator, you know, you would get a check mark or a gold star if you did the vacuuming or the, <laughs> took, took out the trash. And then as generations um, came later, it was more like every child should have a trophy. Every child should have an award so they feel heard. What are your thoughts about that as parents today? You don't have to speak from your own parenting, but what do you think as a parent?
6: I'd love to step in straight after what I've just said. And basically, you know, children children need to be able to grow. It's not about cotton-wooling a child so that they feel good about themselves all, all the time. It's about understanding that there will be times where you don't feel really great about yourself and there's value in that because it enables you to find skills and techniques and and to experience experiences that would be missing if everything was going right. So it's not about making sure that that child always feels uh, endorsed and happy and so on by fixing it from something outside themselves when you can go inside that child, or that child can go inside and start understanding the value of challenge, the, uh, the value of stress, the value of all the things that help them to expand and grow, but not to go into extreme stress and extreme challenge. So that that's, that's when their greatest growth happens. And if they're always handed a trophy for doing nothing, What's 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 the motivation for them to move forward and grow and, and experiment and find new ways of expressing themselves and being themselves? And I feel really passionate about this as a
2: mother and a grandmother. <laughs> Thank you, Jeanetta, for sharing. I appreciate you. Does anyone have a, a counterpoint? Does anyone feel opposite? No. Okay, everybody's on the same page. Uh, Debbie, you were going to say something?
0: Yes, I was going to add to that because my children grew up in the everybody gets a trophy generation. And so this is a conversation that we actually have in our home about does that set you up for success or does that give you a false sense of of that's what life will always be like? Uh, I'm a firm believer in we learn more from the challenges in our lives and our failures than we do from our successes. And so if in every situation we receive a trophy, that gives that gives children a false sense of, well, life is always going to be easy because I just participated, so therefore I'm awarded. But life isn't like that. And is that, are we setting our children up for failure if we do that and we give them these trophies just for participation versus you've actually achieved something that, you know, that in and of itself builds your self-esteem. When you do achieve something and not everyone else is achieving that, that does reward someone for their performance per se, or what they have accomplished. And so I think in some ways um, we created I'm sure someone had a wonderful idea of why that was the thing we should do at the time, but hindsight being 2020, I think it, we may have done a, a bit of a disservice to our children in, in giving those trophies.
2: Thank you, Debbie, for sharing the personal share about the family appreciate it. Very insightful. Let's go over to our therapist,
5: Caroline, Caroline, what would you like to share on this topic? Just needed to unmute. Um, I believe that it's good to reward for performance. I feel it's good to reward for something that's being done that's relevant. If we just give out rewards willy nilly, um, then they will almost lose their credibility of why we get an award. And so if everybody does get an award, that's great. But for something that they did well, so if somebody spoke well or somebody looked after somebody, I do feel that that's uh, wonderful to have an award for something you did so that you can build on what you did. Um, it's a good point that you make, Diane. And at the same time, uh, it's, it, it's I feel I'm sort of a bit in the middle. I quite like the idea of everybody being acknowledged and rewarded for something. And it would be good to outline what it was they did that was well.
2: Thank you, Caroline. I appreciate it. I have another topic I want to bring up. Red, let's go over to you.
1: Real quickly, following up on the others. Uh, recognition is so easy to give. It's, it's not a reward, but it's your recognizing performance. And whether that performance is good or bad, it, it goes both directions. Uh, you know, I'm very disappointed in you today What for whatever reason. But the person, you know, whoever you're talking to, whether it's a, a, a worker, somebody else in the organization, another doesn't matter who it is, you're, you're getting feedback. And with regard to rewards, you're generating something of value to that particular, whether that's a monetary reward, a trophy, whatever it may happen to be. So with rewards, I think those are kind of unique and shouldn't be just given out as I think the word used earlier was willy nilly. Uh, and when you recognize somebody, you can recognize somebody in so many different ways, whether it's individually just in the office, uh, just you know a simple thank you, whatever it may happen to be but recognition is such easy way to give things for people who do things on a regular basis that are not recognized and and for kids i think that's a big deal i think that there's so many kids out there that are never recognized for doing anything but just you know the teacher says you know thank you billy I really appreciate what you, whatever it may happen to be and those kinds of things are again we don't know about them until we're in a position that we actually can give them but as a mother or father we should be doing it, but it's again one of those things. Did our parents do it for us? You know, I'm the oldest of nine kids. I can tell you, it happened very rarely. It uh, was not one of those things that was freely given. In fact, if I had to, to, to list them, it'd probably be on one hand. I, uh, even though great parents, it just there was not that identification of recognition given to for anything. And so I think as a a parent, that's something that we should value as to when do we recognize both good and bad behavior but make sure it's at least on a three or four or five times on the good side than the bad but but the kids they they learn so quickly and you tell them something you did bad you know they're going to take that to heart and you tell them a the second time you know they definitely know but you tell them they're doing something good that's going to be repeated and repeated and repeated because they want that recognition also they want to eventually get that reward
2: thank you red all good points it brings to light the idea of the sandwich theory, where you start off with something good, then here's some an area that I think there's opportunity for growth, and then close with something good. So people can receive the feedback of what they can possibly change or do better, but they also sandwich it with positive comments on the front ends and the back end. So just putting that out there. Uh, One last area I'd like to explore before we close out the show. And I I thank you for staying after our time. I really do appreciate it. I'm really enjoying the conversation. How would you rate yourself as a listener today on a scale from one to 10? And should there be any award for being a good listener? And if so, what would that be? I'm going to start with Diane, who just laughed. We're going to go with you, Diane. <laughs>
3: no, because I was thinking, don't call me. <laughs> That's why I have to uh, call you, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was laughing because I always think there's room for improvement. So I'm definitely not a ten because I can't wait to take some more classes and and uh, and learn. Um, so, but I would rate myself probably an A, an eight. <clears throat> and I will say my biggest growth has been. Um, and into, um, and I've always thought I was a good listener, but after taking some of your classes where we role played and everything, I uh, discovered that I didn't want to be that person. So, because well, let me tell you about what I did. I just I find myself now um, just saying, it's not important. It's not about you. It's about them. And zip your lip and just be a good listener. And I'm really thankful for you, Dr. Jacqueline, for reminding me of how important that is. Um, Do I think we need a a reward? Um, No, because I think internally I receive the reward every time that I feel my own growth and that's good enough for me, but that's my personal thought. Thank you.
2: Thank, Thank you, Diane, appreciate it. Uh, Anybody else want to give us a number from one to 10 about your listening skills and should there be a listening award? You are an excellent listener. Here's the award.
5: Um, I'd like like to give an eight for mine um, because I feel that we always like Diane has mentioned um, that we always have room for for growth for more. And I don't like to think that I'm 100% perfect because we're all human. So I believe that I'm an eight, and um, and I, I'm working progress. I like to think. Um, should it be rewarded? I feel that if you've done something really, really good and outstanding, uh, yes, wonderful to have the rewards for something that you've done well and that you've superseded a performance criteria in whatever you're doing. Uh, Should it be, should you have rewards all of the time for everything and anything, it would then diminish the rationale for a reward or recognition. So I do feel that it's, um, it's about what situation you're in, what's the achievement for, and what's the recognition for. So rewards and recognition as and where appropriate. Fantastic.
2: Thank you, Caroline. Well said. Who wants to go next?
6: okay i'll i'll go next um also i immediately went into i'd say i fluctuate at an eight. sometimes i'm a better listener than other times and again also there's room for improvement in terms of awards yes like caroline was saying i think awards are really helpful and meaningful in terms of of knowing or getting feedback that you know you're doing a job well done but i wouldn't know how we would measure listening awards to be able to award them um it's not a not as tangible as some other awards can be um so it's it's a lovely one that perhaps we can brainstorm or maybe somebody else here has an idea how to do to to put that measure in place
2: thank you janetta Appreciate it. Debbie, how about you?
0: Um, I would say a seven, eight, somewhere in there. Always a work in progress, as someone else mentioned. And I think probably a bigger piece in all of that is one of the challenges that I personally have is uh, trying to offer solutions, especially if it's something, um, for instance, a conversation I might have with yourself. And we're discussing something and wanting to assist you in that. So that would be an area that I'm always trying to work on, trying to not have to offer a solution to a problem that someone, especially in my family might be having um, because, you know, always wanting to make things better for other people that can be an automatic go-to. So working on that and, and again, always trying to be better and, Advancing through those, through the process of becoming a better listener each and every day. With regard to awards, I think that that's a challenge from the perspective of unless you're in a structured environment where we are evaluating listening skills, it would be difficult to do that otherwise. But I do believe, um, based off of something that Red had said earlier, When we're in conversation with others, they give us back the reinforcement of whether we've been a good listener or not. It comes across through, well, thank you so much for listening to me today. Thank you for really being um, a solid support person for me. I really greatly appreciate that. So we are receiving that recognition when we are or are not also listening effectively. But um, as to whether or not you could give someone an actual award for that, I think it would depend upon the circumstances. Are we in a classroom environment? Is that specifically what we're measuring? And then again, like Jeanetta said, what would the measurements be if it was outside of that space? And how would we we do that? I'm not quite sure.
2: All right, thank you. Very thought provoking. And um, we're going to close out soon. Red, do you have a comment on this?
1: Uh, Very quickly. I think it depends on the situation. On any given day, I could easily be a five or six and two hours later, I could be a seven or eight. Uh, It depends on the situation, who I'm with, what environment is going on. Is it a networking event and we're meeting people? Am I with my wife in the kitchen? We're cooking dinner. There's just a lot of different situations where the scale changes uh, routinely. And part of us being elevated listeners is uh, realizing, yeah, we have a solution to the problem, but now is not the right time to offer that solution or if somebody's talking and and you really and truly want to interrupt and you choose not to it's because we know that that's not the right thing to do at that time so i think from an elevated listening perspective we have the skills but we're still continually learning how to use them appropriately and how to use them better depending on the situation Uh, i think uh uh, mm, the last comment with regard to the situation you're in determines whether reward is, is really and truly needed, required, uh, advised, uh, but just in a general overall situation, uh, I think rewarding listening as a specific uh, skill, I, I don't think so right now.
2: All right. Thank you, Red. I appreciate that. And just to close out, I think what I'll leave us with is that somebody is always watching us, right? We could potentially be a role model for someone. So we can't change other people's behavior and we can't make somebody listen to us. We can explain to them the value of elevated listening, but we have to do it first ourselves. And what we might find is that whomever we're involved with, maybe they're not Listening to us. So we're doing the listening, we're providing the safe space, but they're not giving it back to us. And what can happen as a result of that is that we get angered, we get triggered. And so these are things that I work on myself. We all have to work on. So, what I just would leave everyone with. The children around the world are looking to the adults. They're looking to the older people and how they show up. So let's think about what we're doing and how we're doing it. I'll leave you with one story. I was on a call this morning, a video conference with four other people who have a lot more experience than I have, and we're talking about a new project. And I was highly aware of the fact that I didn't say anything on the call. And nobody said, hey, what do you think, Dr. Jacqueline? So I just was very comfortable being a listener. Now, take me three or four years ago when I was in corporate sitting at a a conference room with my team members, I would feel I have to say something because if I don't say something, they're going to think I'm stupid or they're going to think that I'm not paying attention or or they or they or they or they. So if we get out of that, we don't know that anyone's thinking anything because most people are just so full of themselves talking that they're not thinking about what you're thinking. So I was able to leave that call feeling like I had grown as a person because I didn't have that. Oh, wait, wait, uh, let, no, I'm here. Hello. Can I say something? I didn't have any of that. So to me, that is a sense of inner peace. And I wish that for each and every one of you here today and watching or listening. Thank you. Red, Caroline, Diane, Janetta, Debbie, Mariska, Hyatt, Roland, and Sonia for being part of this project. I love you all and I appreciate the time that you've put into this and being here today. So as we close out, I'll just go around and have each of you share how people can get in touch with you and what the services and value are that you bring. I'm just going to go in order. I'm going to start with Red.
1: <clears throat> I'm a writer, author, speaker publisher. So from my services that I can offer to other people, there's a speaking opportunity primarily in the areas of health and wellness. I focus mostly on longevity, age-related issues. Those are things I love to talk about all the time. I do that routinely on the USA Global TV and Radio Network, but I also do it for Chamber of Commerce and, and other networking groups. Uh, from a book coach, uh Publishing perspective, those are things that I help Dr. Jacqueline with on a regular basis and other authors. And so those are things that I can do. Uh, reach me at red at redolaughlin.com is my uh, email address. Red is my website. All my contact information is there. Red, like the color R-E-D O'Laughlin spelled O-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N. So it's red R-E-D-O-L-A ughli Thank you very much, Dr. Jacqueline.
2: Thank you very much, Red. And over to the Harley Street
5: Stress Expert, Caroline. Hello. I help people literally bust their stress. So I work with root cause therapy using chakra psychology, how the mind and body connects and what happens to the person physically, emotionally, mentally, behaviorally when there's an imbalance. The imbalance is a symptom. And rather than looking at the symptom, I look at the root cause of what's caused the imbalance, which might not necessarily be at that moment. It could be something that happened in their childhood or in their teenage years or in their very early adulthood. Uh, The way that I work with people is I offer an initial free consultation on Zoom, Skype, or by call. You can reach me to book in that free consultation on stress at live.co.uk or call if it's international plus, plus 44, if it's local 07523 120189. I look forward to helping you bust your stress.
2: Hmm. Thank you so much, Caroline. And let's go over to Diane floyd Bain.
3: Hello, everyone. Um, so you can reach me at my website, dianefloydbame.com, B-O-E-H-M.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, the things I do besides uh, writing children and young adult historical fiction is um, a co-host for several shows with Dr. Jacqueline on USA Global TV and I and radio, love it. And I um, am also an invited i love to be invited speaker to conferences and I speak to inspire people to be the best they can be. And I um, also am invited to come and be at your school and or your school district and discuss ways that children can grow their imagination and um, talk to them about being an author, a writer, and where to go and become great storytellers. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline.
2: Thank you, Diane. Thank you so much. And over to Janetta. So
6: specifically for this program, I work often with parents and children. Uh, I've worked with children as young as four years old, um very successfully uh right up into teenagerhood and early adulthood and and helping that trio uh and even if they're siblings as well too, to step into new ways to communicate with each other with specific questions that give them the skills to to be able to relate directly to each other and with each other and participate uh, without that fear and that that extreme judgment and you can get me at janetta j-e-n-e double t-a at the epiphanyprocess.com and there you can book a 15-minute call with me Um, if you want to know more about the epiphany process it's the epiphanyprocess.com and uh, yes, look forward to hearing to any with from anybody you'd like to know more.
2: Thank you, Janetta, and over to you, Debbie.
0: Hello, everyone. Um, I assist individuals to discern what is their sole purpose in this lifetime. We analyze your birth name and come up with the different talents, challenges, goals, and ultimately your sole destiny in this lifetime. And we can go through that process of doing this reading and discuss how you can activate any talents that are latent or how you can, what things you can do to overcome any challenges. Cause once we overcome our challenges, that gives us an additional gift, um, to take forward with us in addition to the talents, what are the goals that you're here to accomplish? And ultimately through the overcoming our challenges, activating our talents and, um, achieving our goals, we ultimately are then working towards our soul destiny. So I will work with my clients to assist them to uncover all of that incredibly valuable information. And um, you can reach me at uh, endlessessences.com, www.endlessessences.com. And you can reach me personally at Debbie at endlessessences.com. In addition to being a sole purpose um, practitioner, I'm also a brand partner for Young Living Essential Oils, and I incorporate them in my process as well to assist my clients in any oils that might be supportive to them on their journey, any type of oils that might assist them for uh, awakening gifts, for overcoming challenges, et cetera. And we incorporate that into the process as well. So if anyone would like further information, again, you can reach me at debbie at Endless Essences.com. And thank you again, Dr. Jacqueline and everyone else. Thank
2: you so much, Debbie. And just a quick shout out. We've interviewed several people on the platform who were experts in the area of dementia. And what we found out is that essential oils play a very important role in helping the patient uh, to understand different things and acclimate to different routines and schedules. So please do reach out for essential oil information. All right, thank you all for being here. I do appreciate. I know we're well over our time. Janetta will be joining me again for our next show, which is the business talk show. We're red. We're going to be interviewing Sabine Becker, a woman who is incredible. She was born without arms, very tiny arms, and what she's able to do, she does everything with her feet. I watched her video; it's unbelievable. She will be our guest, and we look forward to seeing you then. So I'll say goodbye to the panel right now, and I'll just give a few quick tips, and then we'll be going. Thank you, Red. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Janetta. Thank you, Diane. And thanks to each and every one of you. I'm going to put up the link. If you would like to purchase the book, you can purchase it either via ebook, or you can purchase your copy of the paperback. So I have an exciting announcement because we were just sharing about... uh, awards and trophies, etc. So if you don't know this about me, I've been someone my whole life that's always about the gold stars. It's always about being number one or getting the star. And so I noticed something interesting yesterday. Uh, we were working to get the number one new release and we got it. And after we got it, I was just kind of like, okay, well, that was nice. What's next? So I got up at three o'clock this morning to work on getting the number one bestseller. It doesn't look like it's going to happen as of yet, unless you start buying, which I would love. And I thought to myself, I'm going to start working on the second book. So Mariska and I met last night. We had already been working on it. We finished the book and like, great, I'm going to work on the third book. So the point is you have to take the time to celebrate things. It's not just about rushing from one thing to the next, like this person over here does. It's really about being present and thinking about what it took to get to where you are and who are the people who helped you get there. That's what I love the most about this journey. This journey is not about me. It's about all the people who are here with me taking this ride and and trusting me that this is a good direction to go in. So I'm totally appreciative of that. All right, my last announcement, and then I promise we are closing out so I can get out of this dress. I want to share the book cover for the second book and let you know who is in it. The second book in the series of seven is Lady Ella's ABCs of Listening. This is not the final book cover, by the way. This is version four, I think we're up to. But at least we have all of the animal characters on here. So in this book, we have the ladybug who represents, as you know now, um, Lady Ella, who is my great niece and my sister Debbie's uh, granddaughter. She's the ladybug. We have the butterfly, which is Dr. Madeline Chan over in London. And we have the donkey, which is Testadora. By the way, the uh, butterfly's name is Crystal. We have Testadora the donkey. That's Alcini. He picked a donkey for himself. I'm, <laughs> we're going to find out why. And then we also have Olivia, the lioness, and that represents Doug Lawrence, actually his granddaughter. And up in the corner there, you see the the lovely bird named Ponserre, and that represents Mariska, Dupree, the co-author. And then there in the tree, you see the bumblebee and that bumblebee is blossom. There's actually two bees, but the one um, with the wings, that's blossom. and That's Amina Ramzani. She's the pet psychic. So that's our cast for the next book. We are working on the third book. I just spoke to Philip Sykes last night from the British School of Excellence. The third book is Lady Ella Has Afternoon Tea in London. And you guessed it, she's going to the British School of excellence to have tea where they are experts at the British School of Excellence on the tea rituals, the rules and regulations for what you need to do to have a successful successful afternoon tea. All right. Thank you for being here. Again, please do pick up a copy of the book. You can find the link there. And celebrate all the authors, people that are writing books to inspire others to share their story, to give hope. Please read more and please do keep listening. We'll be back shortly with Jeanetta Barry and Sabine Becker for our next show. Thank you, everyone.